0: And by this time, they'd sidled up to my end of the bar and
1: I said hello. G'day, Andrea Gibbs here, the co founder of Bareface Stories. And on this week's episode, an Anzac Day tale, but one with a little bit of a twist. It's about a stranger and a chance meeting. And it's told by one of WA's most favourite storytellers. His name is Ron Bradfield Jr., he's a legend. We're going to hear from him shortly. First, though, a story from our sponsor, Old Young's head distiller, James Young, award-winning maker of handcrafted spirits. What was it about being the head coach of the Lithuanian women's hockey team that made you want to make delicious gin? <laughs> um,
0: if you're in Lithuania, you wanted vodka tonnies, so Degtina Tonikas They will then say Shimptus Tape. And you should say ne shimptus pro." And what's just happened is they've said hundred milpour, right? And you said no, just fifty. And they look at you like you're a lightweight because you've just ordered what here would be a double.
1: Old Young's is in Perth's Swan Valley. Interesting stories, it's intoxicating spirits. And now here's Ron Bradfield Jr.
0: ANZAC Day is a funny day Um, and I don't often find myself sitting at the bar by myself on ANZAC Day. And since I was 19 years old and I'd first put on a uniform, every ANZAC Day I'd find a friend and that friend for that day would share a story. And nine times out of ten it was a confessional of some sort and it was about something that someone had tucked away a long time ago. But this particular ANZAC Day was very different. Two years ago, I was in the Navy Club in Fremantle, sulking because I was by myself and all my mates had abandoned me. And I was sitting at the bar by myself, watching this really attractive, short-haired brunette uh, work all the ex-servicemen at the bar for a free drink. And she was doing such a good job, she was getting two. And I couldn't figure it out until I saw that she was walking back to the crowd and giving a beer over to somebody, uh, a bloke that was with her over in the corner. And they just looked completely out of place. And every time she came to the bar, there'd be someone there who'd hit on her. And she had short cropped hair, like a Buddhist nun, and just didn't look like she belonged there. And the crowd thins out, and drunken sailors, soldiers, and air crewmen, and a military pub, wander off and go elsewhere. And she was still at the bar and the fellow joined her. And by this time, they'd sidled up to my end of the bar and I said hello. And when she turned to me, that's when I saw the chest catheter in her chest. And I saw the pads on her arms. And I saw that she actually looked quite young, but was clearly quite worn. She was from New Zealand. She was 26 years old. And the fellow with her was her brother. And that was the first chance that they'd gotten to come out of the hospital where she was being treated. And she was terminal. In fact, they'd done pretty much everything that they could do. And she knew that by the end of the year, she would probably be dead. Her brother had travelled all the way over from New Zealand and... He wanted to make sure that she had a night out with him where she could go and do some of the things that she used to like to do. I don't know how they ended up in that bar. I don't know how they ended up necessarily talking to me. I do know they did a pretty good job at that bar. Though. They got a lot of good beers out of that bar. And somehow they'd just maintained their bubble and it wandered over to me. By this time, it's about three o'clock in the afternoon, and on Anzac Day, that's a
1: well,
0: it's pretty much well into midnight. <laughs> so I ask them what they're up to and what they'd like to do, and the brother sort of looks me up and down, drags me over to the side for a corner at the corner to have a powwow with me, and basically he's just doing the honourable thing and wondering what my intentions are. <laughs> and I thought that was nice, but It is nearly midnight in Anzac time and (laughs) I have family to go back home to. And he said, look, I just want my sister to enjoy herself tonight because tomorrow I've got to get on a flight and I won't be able to come back when she dies. I won't be able to bring her home to bury her and I probably won't see her again. Can you help me just give my sister a good night? And so we wander off to the next pub and to the next pub and for the remainder of that night I make sure that they never have to buy a drink any of the places we do again and we end up somewhere I can't even really remember now where but all she wants to do is dance terrible song that I know but that's all she wanted to do she wanted to go out for a night and just dance and dance and dance and dance And before I knew it, it was actually 4 o'clock in the morning. Now, I've never lasted on a handset day after till 4 o'clock in the morning. I'm lucky if I last till about 8 o'clock or 9 o'clock at night. They start early. But we danced. And we danced and we danced. And in between, they told me their story. And the brother shared his conversation with me and his bits and pieces and the things he was worried about. And she cried on my shoulder and told me some of the things that she'll never see at home again. And we got turfed out of a nightclub and I pretty much just had her by the crook of the arm and we walked up and between her brother and me we went back to Fremantle Hospital and they disappeared through the doors and I climbed into a taxi and went home and crashed there was no real goodbyes, there was nothing about it that was a farewell, that was just was. That was the night. It was a night of just someone having something to do and a friend for a short time. And then it was done. And in the morning, I woke up and somehow I'd managed to hang up my suit, jacket and put in my pants Well, you know, not put them in a pile on the ground, they were on a bench over a chair, something like that, I can't remember. But that suit jacket was hung up in such a way that, you know, the lapels were facing outwards. And on this lapel was a big lipstick mark where she had just rested in the crook of my arm in those last minutes of the last dance. And just sat there and slow danced until we got turfed out. And all I could see on my black suit was this red lipstick. And all I could think was sometimes these moments and those friends happen just for an instant like that. See ya.
1: That was Ron Bradfield, Jr. Thanks for tuning in to Season 2 of the Bearface Stories podcast. While we're not doing live shows, we're going to continue on with Season 3. Get stuck straight into it. If there's a story that you have heard at one of our live shows that you would love to hear on the podcast, please get in touch with us. You can do that by emailing info at barefaced.com.au. I'm Andrea Gibbs. We'll catch you next time.